Amy, on this podcast, we try to always offer useful takeaways. And if you learn nothing else from us, learn this useful parenting lesson by Pampers Cruisers 360. Pampers Cruisers 360 are the ultimate parent hack, the best diaper to use as soon as your baby starts standing or walking. Instead of ordinary diaper tabs, they have a unique 360-degree stretchy waistband that moves with your wild child. Pampers Cruisers 360 makes it so easy to change your baby. Who probably doesn't stop moving just because they need a diaper changed? Just slide on to apply and away they go. And fear not, parents. Pampers Cruisers 360 offers an up to 100% leak-free fit, and they just got even better with a new blowout barrier. Need we say more? For Trusted Protection Trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupons, savings, and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Uh, uh, oh, it just it makes me bonkers. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. I'm going to murder you. Like, drive faster. With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. You can send your husband to me for weekend intensive. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. I just don't want to spend any more of my life looking for your wallet. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. This is Margaret. And this is Amy. And this week, we have a very important episode. Very important. Husband crimes. Spouse crimes. Not all husbands. Not Hashtag not all husbands. We both have husbands, so we're oriented towards husbands, but these can be spouse crimes. These are even same-sex spouses can commit truly unforgivable and trivial crimes in the household. And we are going to talk them through today and decide which one is the most unforgivable. I feel like we need um, that sound effect that's like husband crimes. Dunk, dunk from Law and Order. Yeah. It's, we'll it's just imagine we're it. going to be exploring a world of husband crimes. Yeah. We asked all of you to tell us what are the things that your spouse does that drives you absolutely crazy and they're completely unacceptable and completely minor, by the way. And sometimes the more minor, the more rage inducing. Right. We're, we're not here to judge our rage at these things at all. We are instead here to judge the crimes and decide. I'd like us each to, at the end to come up with like a, you know, top two or three absolute worst of what we've heard today. We put the word out on Facebook, on our Facebook page and group, both of which can be found at facebook.com forward slash what fresh hellcast. We got 356 responses. Yes, this was a high response. Which just goes to show that this is... This is an epidemic. This is an epidemic. And if we needed any sort of external confirmation that this is an important topic, I've never seen such response. Yes. No, seriously, like we put out polls and questions and we're like, hey, what are some cute things that your kids do? Like, hey, what are your sleep tips for other moms? And we get, you know, like dozens and dozens of responses. But we're like, what does your husband do that it's annoying? And it's like, boom, we're going to need a bigger server. Like the, the answers flooded in. And this all started, Amy, because a couple of weeks ago, and this whole episode truly is a giant oldie locks alert. Back in my day. Because it's based on a concept. I put up a thing on Facebook that said, 
Can This Marriage Be Saved?, which I remembered was a column that used to exist in a magazine that I used to read. And your mom's magazine sitting on the on the coffee table? Yeah, when my mom's magazine and there was always a column, the back page was called Can This Marriage Be Saved? And people would write in and be like, my husband does this terrible thing. And then the advice columnist would be like, okay, you can save this marriage or you need to get out of this marriage. And so I was like, I put up a question, my husband I was in bed and I'm like, I am so hot, but the air conditioning is running. Like, what is wrong with me? I must be having a hot flash. And then I finally said to my husband, is it hot in here? And he's like, oh yeah, I turned the air off. I thought it was too cool in here. And so I put up on Facebook, can this marriage be saved? My husband just decided it was too cool in our bedroom and to save money switched from air conditioning to fan. And what did people say? And people rightfully were like, no, you should leave. You should run. You're married to a sociopath and a maniac. I remember well reading Can This Marriage Be Saved? It was on the back page, I believe, like the end page of Ladies Home Journal. That was the name of the magazine. I will say like behind the scenes, like insight, I said to Amy before we started recording, I was like, so can this marriage be saved? That was Cosmopolitan, right? That that was the magazine. And she's like, oh, no, it was Ladies Home Journal. <laughs> like, I thought it was a Oldie Locks alert back in my day. Along the lines of like, remember Cosmo magazine, which at least had like, <laughs> which at least exists. Yeah. Hot tips and was kind of for regular people. This was from Ladies Home Journal. Like it was might as well have been from Cat Fancy, you know, I mean, and I remember as a 10-year-old sitting there and very sagely, you know, going over the evidence and yeah. deciding for myself. I, w- I was never sure. Why was this appealing to us as like 9 and 10-year-olds to be like, I really can't wait to read Can This Marriage Be Saved? Should we talk about the bedroom and some of the other kind of unforgivable things that happened since you talked about uh, changing the the heat? Yes. And let me tell you, I agree with everyone who advised me to just make a run for it because I was married to a terrible person who would turn the air off <laughs> and be like, I think the fan is sufficient in July. I didn't leave him. I decided to stay and give it another chance. But I mean, if another crime like that happens, that might be the end of us. Uh, I want to I want to give my first shout out to Nicole. She says, and guys, the, the, we have so many categories. I mean, we're just going to scratch the surface. No, we. this could be 96 different episodes, for God's sakes. Yeah. This might be a new <laughs> podcast. Uh, but let's start with Nicole. I'm just going to start somewhere. No- Somebody run with it. This is a podcast. Nicole says her husband has to fall asleep with the TV on, and she's not able to fall asleep with the TV on. So she has to stay awake until her husband is asleep then turn the TV off and very quickly manage to fall asleep before he starts snoring, which will keep her awake. And that's a pretty small window. No, she's got a tiny window. And, and you know, is that acceptable? <laughs> no, I, I think it's he's not. Give up one, you can give up the snoring or the TV. You can have one. Yeah. No, I mean, this whole husband's sleeping thing. You just never see it coming. Like you, when you get married, you're like, oh, it's like a permanent sleepover forever with my best friend. Right. No, it's it's it gets real bad real fast. My husband and I will say have saved our marriage by we no longer make any attempt to share covers in any situation. Yeah. So when we go to a hotel, first stop front desk, we need a whole nother set of bedding, whole second set of bedding. So, um, and then how do you make the bed or do you just not make the bed? I'm very separate covers curious. So please tell me how it works. Please. By cover curious. Yes. Yes. So we make the bed like a normal bed. 
And then in my closet, I don't really need sheets. I just need a comforter. In my closet, I have a comforter that I fold and put on the top shelf. So when we get into bed, my husband gets in, gets under the real covers, and then I go get my comforter, and that's my side of the bed. And no, there is no intermingling of covers at all whatsoever. I like this idea because I'm a lighter sleeper than my husband. I think many of us are. Katie says she hasn't had a full night's sleep since her oldest kid was born in 1998. (laughs) Katie, I'm doing the math. That's not good. And her husband wears a CPAP and like he sleeps the sleep of, of, you know, a dead person every night. And, And so I do have the problem that every time my husband pulls the covers, it wakes me up. No. Buy cover. How dare he? Go to a buy cover system, Amy. You'll be so much happier. This marriage was saved by going to separate cover systems. Okay. Mickey has a husband who's in the military and he wears steel-toed boots that he just leaves in the middle of the floor in the room. So when she wakes up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom, she stubs her toe and trips over them every night. I have definitely accused my husband. I watch a lot of Dateline, and I have definitely accused my husband of trying to murder me with the middle of the night random objects on the floor bathroom murder. Mm -hmm. Has that ever, I should have Googled, like, has that murder ever occurred? Like, wife trips and falls to her death while trying to pee at 3 a.m.? Because I'm pretty sure my husband's trying to take me out at this point. Why else would you leave like one shoe right in the doorway leading into the bathroom if you were not trying to murder me? It's a good question. And it leads to a uh, a separate sort of subset of husband crimes, which is not putting things where they belong. I mean, if there was husband jail for this, it would be we would have a, a prison overcrowding system <laughs> that would rival. I mean, this is every husband all the time, right? This is every husband all the time. And it's it's strange sometimes, isn't it? The extent to which they might go to not use the reasonable places to put things. I just shared a hotel room with my husband last week. We were traveling together and it was just the two of us. He was traveling for business and I went with him for a couple of days. So it was heavenly, except for the part where literally every surface in the in the bedroom and bathroom of our hotel room was covered with articles of his clothing. Like he'd lay out like a T-shirt here and a T-shirt there and a sock here and then the, and then the keys and then the papers and then the receipts and then the coins and then the big and, and this beautiful hotel room, like 10 minutes after we got there, like you couldn't Destroyed. see furniture anymore. It was like the Collier Brothers. And I, I didn't like, why does he do that instead of using the drawers in the closet? I, ha- I have an admission. Um, I plead the fifth on this one because this is my crime. I'm the wife crime here. Like, <laughs> this is definitely like something that a million people were like, my crazy husband. This and cooking and leaving everything everywhere. My husband calls it the cooking tornado. Like, I am not a great cook, but I can cook some delicious tasting meals. But my husband recognizes that, like, if I create three dishes, I use 365 pans. Like I am so such a disorganized chef and everything I touch stays where it last was, including <laughs> like I eat something and I put the wrapper down like right next to the garbage. I don't know why, but I can speak for the husbands and be like, I- I'm guilty of this. And what is it? I don't know. And that hotel room thing, it's covered. Meg says the same thing that she her husband leaves the trash on the counter that's one step away from the trash can. You could argue with me that, um, yeah, like it's harder to do what I do than to put it in the trash. Like I go out of my way. In fact, yes. my ex-boyfriend, <laughs> he broke up with me. I mean, we were in a pretty serious relationship 
And he just, we were talking and he's like, I just don't want to spend any more of my life looking for your wallet. <laughs> and I was like, you know, you're not wrong. I I am a whirling dervish. And like, I'm like the mom who pulls up to um, drop off and like the minivan door opens and like the kids spill out with like the empty bottles and the trash behind them. We're a hot mess. So, so could that, could that relationship be saved? No. And, and you like, were like, farewell. And I get it. And I... I wish you. Yeah, I, no. In that case, the relationship could not be saved, and I was like, "Godspeed." I mean, I, I hear you, and I understand, and goodbye, Erica. I want to talk about Erica's husband. His husband crime is he just doesn't throw anything away. She says she once watched him take the old head off his electric toothbrush and put a new head on, and then he put the old head for the electric toothbrush like carefully back on the bathroom counter instead of in the you know trash can that was right there and she was she was like is there some circumstance where you might use that old toothbrush head that you're done with again no but maybe my my husband likes to leave old batteries out on the counter i because he has yes there's really only one place for a battery when it comes out of a dead item well, he has this idea and i think this is part of the part of this sickness that <laughs> sickness He's not sure that batteries really belong in the trash can. Like, it, and I've, I've literally like printed out articles from the internet. Like, see this? Like, alkaline batteries can go in the trash. He has this idea that like batteries probably shouldn't throw them out. I don't know what to do with them though. So I'm going to leave them on the counter for, for my wife to own the problem. I mean, this is what I love about marriage. Like when you're picking out the China patterns and you're like, do I want the princess neck gown or the sweetheart neck gown? There is no part of you that imagines you printing out articles about proper battery disposal. Like that is not part of the equation you are picturing on your big day. There is nothing that prepares you for the minute where like you're, you and your husband are having a argument that involves documentation about proper disposal of batteries. Yes. I'm like, we've, we've gone over this. The, the battery, in fact, can go in the garbage. I will say that this is the biggest husband crime category in my marriage that you've just tapped into, which is the I've got a theory crime. Mm -hmm. My husband is like very intellectual. He's an engineer, you know, graduate school level, smarty, intellectual guy. But this manifests in like, I'm not going to get those garbage bags because I think there's, I've done this calculation and there's a cheaper way to get garbage bags. I'm going to join this, you know, garbage bag online club. And then instead of getting a hundred garbage bags for $3, I'm going to get a hundred garbage bags for $2. And that is why we have not had garbage bags in the house for four weeks because I have a theory and I'm going to execute it someday and we're going to get cheaper garbage bags. Which often ends with the fight where I'm screaming, like, how much is a divorce lawyer going to cost you or my <laughs> lawyer when I murder you, when I chop you into a thousand pieces and put you in a garbage bag? It like, should be in the same website. Just, right. just click here. Like, for while you're calculating bags. costs, I have some additional costs for you to consider. Michelle, uh, her husband leaves stuff everywhere, like all the empties out on the counter. Um, she says it's his way of letting her know that they need more. <laughs> I mean, good luck with that, Michelle's husband. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's like, I'm sticking with this. No, no, this is a system. Don't you understand wow. my system? That's bold. That's bold. W maybe a whiteboard would help this couple. Maybe a whiteboard. A whiteboard with a list of things that might be needed. I have a system. 
I have a simple system in my house that tends to be ignored, which is one that I inherited actually from my dad. This is my dad's system. Like stuff that needs to go upstairs goes on the stairs. Stuff upstairs that needs to go downstairs go, go at the top of the stairs. One is never to go up the stairs or down the stairs without carrying something that needs to be on the other part of the house. I just literally had a flashback as you were saying this to my mother screaming, if it's on the stairs, it needs to go upstairs. Yes. You have adopted clearly like a 1950s system of house organization. This is a extremely reasonable, uh, efficient, step-saving thing if literally anybody else in the house doesn't just step over the stuff. If, yeah. yeah, which is not going to happen. All right, Amy, we've barely scratched the surface of spousal crimes. We'll be right back. Margaret, exciting news. I am about to have a new baby nephew and believe it or not, this will be my 13th nephew. Amy, you're ready to give up your amateur status. You're a pro-aunt at this <laughs> yes. point. Our family has seen a lot of babies. And as soon as they start standing or walking, I send them all a whole lot of Pampers Cruisers 360. Pampers Cruisers 360 don't have ordinary diaper tabs. Instead, they have a unique 360-degree stretchy waistband that moves with your newly mobile little one. Pampers Cruisers 360 offer a gap-free fit that is up to 100% leak-proof, crucial once your baby is quite literally up and at them. And that gap-free fit helps prevent your baby from taking off their diaper, a habit you do not want them to get into. You can say that again. And Pampers Cruisers 360 just got even better with a new blowout barrier. Need we even elaborate on the need for that, friends? For Trusted Protection Trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Margaret, when you've got kids, as just about everybody listening to this right now does, you're probably looking at what they eat and seriously wondering how they could possibly be getting all of the vitamins and minerals they need to grow big and strong. That's why Haya was created, the pediatrician-approved, super-powered, chewable vitamin for kids. Haya fills the most common gaps in modern children's diets to provide the full-body nourishment our kids need. And yes, even your picky eaters will approve. I know mine does. Formulated with the help of nutritional experts, Haya is pressed with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables. Then it's supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals to help support our kids' growing brains and bodies. And Haya vitamins are sent straight to your door, which means you set it and forget it and give yourself one less thing to worry about. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. Receive 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, you must go to HayaHealth.com slash fresh. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H, HayaHealth.com slash fresh to get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, we're back. And uh, we have a very important new topic, um, which is spouse planning. Oh, I mean, I can write this one for you. But yeah, go <laughs> ahead. Vicky says that her partner knows the most efficient route to every single place we go. If I ever drive, she always asks, why are you going this way? It takes three minutes longer than taking these streets. Girl, I am not in a rush. Again, I'm kind of, I think I might be the problem spouse in my marriage because this is totally <laughs> Oh, no. Is no. that what we're learning? 
This is unfortunately I cannot be saved. Like, yeah, <laughs> this is definitely me. I like to tell my husband how to drive, and I can definitely see sometimes the thought bubble above his head that's like, I've been driving for forty five years without your help, and I don't need it now. Yeah, I I I can be a little bit of a. Uh advice giver in the passenger seat. My husband does a thing where he he really hates potholes, even a little pothole. Like he's pretty sure that any like bump in the road is going to send like the four rims on the wheels just the yeah, chassis, like, right. yeah, like throwing so flying if out. You go over a bump in the road, he sucks his teeth, he goes like <sniffs> he makes that noise and it's taken me like Ooh. 15 years to not fight or flight react to that by like slamming on the brakes and swerving into the breakdown lane. You know what I mean? Like, wait, so he's the passenger and he sucks his teeth. Okay. Yeah. I, I hit a bump in the road and then he goes like, and I'm like, what? And it was like, oh, that, yeah, that it's totally like, me. bump back there. It's I, totally wish, me. I wish you hadn't hit that. I am a very nervous <laughs> passenger and I'm constantly gasping. And then my husband's like, I'm going to drive off the road because I think there's like a bear attacking the car the way you react. Cause like, Whatever. I just, I'm a terrible passenger. I think the lesson of this podcast is going to be do not marry me. But anyway, let's keep going. <laughs> Can this yes. market be saved? <laughs> Janet says her husband takes the roads based on how many stoplights there are and not the actual distance to wherever they're going. What does that mean? Like he wants to go the way that is four miles because there's two traffic lights instead of two miles where there are three traffic lights yeah my i have a theory guy <laughs> at some point was like we were driving to arizona and on like this open highway in the middle of nowhere and i was like why are you driving so slow and he's like well i read somewhere that you get the most fuel efficiency if you drive between 55 and 60 miles an hour and i was like i i'm going to murder you like drive faster <laughs> Cannot be safe. No, I don't care about your theory about fuel economy. Shannon and I do share a problem. Let me hear it. She says, my husband can be incredibly pedantic. If I ask who ate all my special chocolate, he'll say, I had some of it. You had two squares last night, so nobody ate all of it. And that, my husband does not quite do that, but I'll be like, oh, you know, um, it turns out if we go that way, I mean, we're just as far north as they are south. And he's like, you mean the opposite. Like, he cannot stand if I say the wrong thing. Or if we're driving, I'm like, oh, those are gophers by the road. And he's like, they're actually hedgehogs. I'm like, ah, it drives me so crazy. And I do think it comes from, again, like a very honest place with him, like this intellectual thing of like, when you said, you know, binary stars, you meant twin stars. I'm like, uh, uh, oh, it just, it makes me bonkers. He's correct, but I don't want to hear it. You're not interested in correct. Shannon also says uh, what's extra fun in her house is the eight-year-old is now copying that behavior. So she's getting it in stereo. <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you. I'll pass. Somebody who goes by Our Quartet. I don't mm. think that's really Our Quartet's name. But Our Quartet says, my husband's a freaking genius, really. But having a small conversation with him isn't possible. If you ask him a question, he's going to tell you every possible thing he knows about said question, plus some. And it's really exhausting. He tries to do that when I haven't even had a full cup of coffee yet. And I'm like, just hold your lecture, Einstein. <laughs> sounds, yes. Um, sounds like my husband it. has this. We have an expression in our family. Uh, it's not unique to us. But the expression is often in error, but never in doubt. And that sums up many people in our We're a talky, I would say somewhat intellectual family. But there are times where you're like, I believe that six people are expounding on a subject that literally no one knows anything mm -hmm. about. And sometimes with my husband, 
I'll say like, uh, let me think of an example. I'm like, does do plants okay when plants like die over the winter what do they go down to like a bulb shape or how do they regrow like how does that cycle of life even work when like all the trees fall off and then he'll be answering it for like 20 minutes and i constantly turn to him and i'm like is it time to use our special phrase i don't know like i just realized he's been talking for 20 minutes and i'm like i don't actually think you have any more information about this than i do I just think that you cannot not answer a question asked to you. Kelly says her husband works in IT, and she says he loves to tell me stories about work, but I never know what he's talking about. The stories are always like, Dave tried to link the XYZ87 to the 123QRV, and my team was like, what? How do you mess that up? <laughs> she said, yeah. Yeah. She said he thinks he's making it simple enough for me to get, but I, I don't get it. Uh, but I get his need to talk, so now I just nod and smile. Well, I had that with my husband who also works in computers and we'd been married about four years and I was finally like, okay, we need to have a dinner. And during this dinner, the only thing you're going to do is explain to me what it is you do for a living. Because people ask me all the time and I have no idea. Like I cannot explain it. And then it took me like six times of being like, nope, I need it dumber than that. And he'd be like, okay, let me try again. Because he was still like, well, when you have a sensor that replicates that, and I'm like, Nope, got to dumb it down a little further. And finally, on like the sixth iteration, he's like, okay, you know how? And he gave me a little metaphor. And I was like, okay, I think I got it now. I have a funny story about that. I um, Our wedding announcement was going to go in the paper. I mean, so this is years ago. And the wedding person called me to fact check because it was going to be in the New York Times. We live in New York City. So like it was going to be in like the New York Times wedding pages, which was ridiculous. So this guy was giving me the third degree, like I was like being questioned for first degree murder, right? And he was like, well, what, you know, what does your fiance do? Please explain it in one sentence, what your husband does. And I'm like, I mean, what your fiance does. And I was like, well, he works um, in finance. He's like, can you seriously not explain what your fiance does? And I was so like, (gasps) like felt bad. So I call my husband, now husband, up at work. I'm like, can you just tell me what you do in one sentence? And he was like, yeah, uh, okay, I'll have to call you back. <laughs> You're like, see, New York Times reporter, mean guy. See, mean guy from the New York Times. Yep, he couldn't really do it either. Um, I used to have a friend who did that job, and it would be really fun if he, funny if he was the person who called and yelled at you. Can we segue from the uh, spouse splaining into a related crime that's particularly... A particularly horrendous version of this. Please, bring it on. Doing this while the TV's on. Shasta says, if she's watching a movie that involves anything involving the armed forces, her husband, who's in the Navy, will spend the whole time telling me how they're doing it wrong or how such and such wouldn't happen. Just watch the movie. Okay, we have a rule for this in our house, and we call it no real law during TV. (laughs) Because I come from a family of lawyers. My roommate used to be a lawyer. I mean, she's still a lawyer, but she's not my roommate anymore. And this is an announcement that I like to make before all law shows come on when I'm watching them with other people. I'm not really interested in whether this is how law actually works. I'm watching like a show about a lawyer who's like making out with the judge in chambers. I'm not really Mm -hmm. that interested in that that's not a legitimate objection in the state of New Jersey real Mm -hmm. estate law. Like, I'm good. Just let me enjoy my show. Mariska Hargitay knows what she's doing, and I don't really want to be told she doesn't. I don't watch Law and Order. I don't watch, like, legal romantic dramas to learn about actual law. Okay? Leave me alone. 
Rebecca. And guess what? Your wife does not care that the military tactics are not exactly correct. Exactly. Exactly. Rebecca's husband, she says he paused home alone the other day to say it was completely unrealistic that Kevin would have left any doors unlocked. And she said, really? That's what's unrealistic about this movie? Jay Leno has a great joke about this, which is like the movie Gravity, Sandra Bullock gets lost in space. And... um. You know, it, it's not even an old deluxe. It was only a couple of years ago. And people are like, you know, really, when she starts crying and the tears float away, they would not float horizontally like that. They would float at like a 75 degree angle. And she's like, he's like, it's Sandra Bullock in outer space. Like, we don't care that the tears are not exactly correct. Do you think it's worse if they pause the show to say the thing that you really aren't that interested in hearing? Or to theorize, or do you think it's better if they talk over it? Which is which is actually worse? This marriage can be saved, Amy. This is just a rule. Just don't do it. Passing. Either don't do it or just have rules in the beginning. Like I like I used to go to an Oscar party. I like a clear rule. Like, is this a fun we're yelling at the screen and making fun of the outfits? Oscar party? Or is this a we're going because we really care what happens and we're into the Oscars and there's no talking? Super Bowl parties, same thing. Like, what are the rules of your Super Bowl party before I come? You got to do this with every night. It's a killing eve. There's no talking. If you want to watch Bachelor, fine. We get, we're talking during it. But whatever it is, got to know your parameters. Clear rules lead to happiness. I have a problem with, with more than one screen at a time. This isn't even just my spouse. This is like my kids, too. Like, they want the TV on. And also to be watching a secondary screen in their lap at the same time. Yeah, because that's what's enjoyable in 2019, Amy. Don't rob us of our joy. It fills me with rage. I'm like, one screen, one screen, because I I can't. Yeah, I mean, oh. I can't throw stones on that one. I got my candy crush going during. I mean, that's the thing. Like, my husband and I, it's like we, we watch a show while we both do something else on our screens. It's It's wonderful. All right. Yeah. I'm ready for a new one. And I think that this is another sort of pretty universal problem that a lot of us are dealing with. I'm going to speak for myself, which is uh, our spouses doing the seriously most random stuff instead of what actually matters in a given moment. Now, this is a husband crime that I suffer from as a victim. I, this is the first one where I'm like, yes, my terrible husband does this as well. This is a victim. Bren says, when I'm preparing to have a company or a party, I'm cleaning, I'm ordering food. My husband will help out by sweeping the garage or reorganizing the shed. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This yeah. this is the husband crime yeah. that I can relate to. I mean, literally, like, there's 20 people coming over to camp out in a backyard for the night. And my husband is like, I'm helping. And... I'm just like, no, I have to approve every item on your list of helping because it involves like going up and finding a camping lantern that he remembers seeing like 20 years ago. And it's like, no, no, no. How mm -hmm. about toilet paper in the bathrooms? How about like lighting the fire in the back? Whatever it is. Like, I mean, I yell this at my husband like every time we try to do anything. I'm like, there are a hundred more important things than the thing that you are doing right now. Kari said she had 30 people coming over and her husband decided it was time to untangle the box of electronics cords that he'd been hanging on to for the last 30 years. Yes, yes, we have that bag. yes, yes, Kari, yes. I feel you your pain. 
Uh, yeah, that that what is that? It, that's an amazing one. Uh, another thing that I know that I can relate to that a lot of people talked about because I've talked about on the podcast. Why are the men folks so loud, Amy? Why? They, yeah, the loud walking. We were talking about this on the on the um, just talking about marriage on the podcast once. And I was like, I was married for a year before I realized that the way my husband walks is just the way he walks. And he's not doing it to drive me crazy. And truly. My husband becomes the Incredible Hulk when it's time to shut a car door. Like there are, like uh, he slams a car door with the ferocity of like Thanos from outer space. <laughs> and I'm just like, what, what? Like I literally am like, I'm checking my eardrums to see if they've ruptured. Like every time he shuts the trunk or the garage door, why so loud, Amy? Why? I um, have unlearned this habit in myself. I used to be a loud walker. I've taught myself how not to do it. If you want, you can send your husband to me for a weekend intensive and we're going to work on it together. Please. He's coming and this <laughs> weekend. He'll be over in right five now. minutes because it's absolutely necessary. It can, you don't have to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to say your marriage can be saved because guess what? He doesn't have to walk that loud. He can, he can stop doing it if he wants to. No, he's not going to learn, Amy. He's not. I mean, I like your, I like your optimism, but I mean, I will try it. A shock collar may have to be involved. I used to be a loud door slammer myself. And then like living in New York City um, sort of cures you of that. Right. It trains you out of it. And living in an apartment, right? Because people like murder you if you right. walk that loud. When you when you like take taxis and stuff all the time. And I would like, you know, see the alarmed like double take when I'd close the door. I'm like, I guess I close doors kind of loudly if these taxi drivers are alarmed. Yeah. The part where my husband sees the alarmed double take doesn't happen. This is the kind of disconnected marriage where it's like, I, I'm literally like, why are you doing this horrible, horrible crime? And he's just like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I just shut the door. You know, like we just we're on completely different pages. Another um, mad different page. And Holly, this marriage can be saved. Holly, when she says to her husband, how was golf? Must endure a mind-numbing 15-minute play-by-play. Let me tell you, Holly, I have shut this down at my house. I, I finally sat my husband down, and I'm like, here's the deal. I will excuse you from our weekend life. He does it maybe six times a year. It's not all the time. For six hours to play golf. But in return, you will never, ever discuss golf with me. Do we understand? And he's like, yes, I do. I understand. And then sometimes I'm like, how is golf? And he's like, you know, it was fine. And he just, he gets it. And I'm like, this is our deal. Yeah. It is a sacrifice for me that you play golf and your sacrifice is never telling me about it. Yeah. Yeah. I had the exact same conversation, right? Like you're gone for six hours on a Saturday. I don't need the sixth hour and the seventh minute to be. No. Here's the birdie that happened on <laughs> hole 12. Oh, I putted it out. It's like the dog leg. Yeah. Never speak to me about this again, or you will never speak to me ever again. I have a uh, pretty serious husband crime that I'd like to present to the group. Can we do that after this? Yes. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free 
a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and, more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests, too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Are you spending too much time enjoying relaxing time in a home that looks exactly the way you like it? Spending too much time lingering during long cocktail hours with girlfriends? Tired of coming home to a relaxing and uninterrupted night of sleep where literally no one snores loudly? Try marriage! With marriage, you'll never have to worry about peaceful sleep again. Instead, you'll get to explore a magical world of answering questions from your spouse 9 to 25 times in a row. Honey, where are my glasses? Seriously? On the desk in the kitchen. The desk in the kitchen. Are you hearing the words my mouth is forming? You'll dive in to long conversations on topics you'd otherwise never wish to explore. Babe, I was just playing the West course. I had a total career round going. We're getting to number 17. I hit my best drive of my life there. Kind of a slight draw down that right side. Uh-huh. So now I'm at 18. I can still save it. It's that short par three, you know? Oh, uh, yeah, right. I hit an eight iron seven feet from the hole. Wow. So then I get up there. Well, you're not even going to believe what happens after this. I get over there, and it turns out I've been playing with the wrong ball. If romance is your speed, you'll love all that marriage has to offer. What do you say, hon? You up for it? I guess. And with marriage, you'll be transformed from the reasonable and caring human being you are into a shrieking harpy. Those who know and love you will barely recognize. Seriously? Who leaves socks on the dining room table? A phone call to tell me you'll be late would kill you, I suppose? Did you think those dishes were going to clean themselves and then march into the dishwasher? Oh my god! Try marriage. Because somehow you thought it would be better than dying alone. Honey, did I remember to tell you we're hosting my mom's birthday dinner tonight? Ah! Okay, Amy, hit me. What is the serious husband? It can't be worse than talking about golf, but what does your husband cry? Making sure that you're the last one who's ready to go somewhere by suddenly deciding you need to do something really, really random once everybody is already in the car and ready to go. Or in our case, like in the elevator and ready to go. This is a related husband crime to prepping for the dinner party by untangling the cords. Yes. Like this is also packing for a trip. We are going to the airport and like the taxis downstairs and we were supposed to leave 10 minutes ago and he's going to like clip his fingernails before we go. Yep. Yep. And and or like, let me just go back in and fill a water bottle and then decide I want a different water bottle. And then, you know what? I'll use the first water bottle like when like the wedding started, you know, five minutes ago and you're in it. That that's sort of I have to be a little bit late for everything. Is this something you can identify with? Can you hear me? I think that 
Yeah. I mean, again, I, this is uh, my husband is the organized one in our family. So he's the one who's always like, we have to go. We have to go. And so I don't have this crime going on in my household. But or maybe you do. Maybe you do. I do understand that the. <laughs> oh, yeah, probably. Why? Because it's me. Oh, yeah, it probably is me. But I, yeah, yeah, this again, like this is probably I might be the spouse. I might be the husband in this story again. But what is the what the person who runs late all the time? Like, what is that thing? Like, oh, I'm on time. So let me just figure out something to do that will make me a little bit late because I hate being on time. So that is definitely, though, that is definitely the thing, which is the basis of many of these crimes, where we layer um, intent onto things that are really just not intentional. And so, like, as we move into segment three, we're not going to solve the husband crimes. And I loved that, like, someone came on the Facebook page and be like, you know, I read a, an article and this lady said that, you know, her husband is dead now and she sure misses those socks on the bedroom floor. <laughs> and people were like, nope. Nope, don't care. Don't care. Not interested in that point of view at all. Even if he dies, I don't want his dirty socks on my floor. And it's like, yes, do we understand on some fundamental level that we appreciate our husbands and we love our husbands. But right now we're just focusing on their most annoying traits. The crimes. We we deserve this. These are the crimes. And, and we're going to indulge in this for a little while. I do think that as a general rule, layering a ton of intent on things is probably a bad idea if you want to keep your marriage happy. So like me sitting in the front seat and being like, you definitely shut the trunk that hard in order to make my life more difficult is not is not um, filling up my personal happiness bucket. It's worth like socks. We're going to get to the socks. But for me, the socks thrown on the floor instead of in the hamper, instead of, you know, put in the laundry room, whatever, just thrown on the floor. Yes, it spoke to me. And it said, like, you can pick up after me. I don't respect you. I don't care. This is, you know, this is my like level of of disrespect because I know you'll just pick up. And I when I explained to my spouse in a calm moment that I really did (laughs) In a calm yet not extremely calm way. Yeah, not ext- in a kind of calm in way. In a calm yet rage-filled way. I was sure that those socks thrown on the floor weren't intended to mean you can clean up after me because m- my time is more important than yours, but that that was how I was receiving it. And it was maybe if that wasn't what he was intending, he could take the six extra seconds. Is it six extra seconds? Like if you're gonna if you're gonna take the socks off and throw them on the floor, just throw them in the hamper. And guess what? It did. He doesn't throw his socks on the floor anymore because I did sort of let him know. Like this is, I, I I'm like sharpening the knife. I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. Well, I mean, definitely the the overarching thing with all of this and with child raising and with everything is like it is a pick your battles thing, right? Like. If there are things where you're like, no, I can't take it anymore. I did. I turned to my husband the night he turned the AC to fan. And I was like, there is never, ever, ever a time in this lifetime or any other that you will hear me utter the phrase, it's too cold in here. (laughs) Don't ever, ever, ever turn the AC off. And he was like, okay. (laughs) Like he got it. You know what I mean? You can't pull that card 90 times a day because then you're just like the shrewish monster. But I have decided that I will accept his crazy stomping bear walk. I try a little bit to work on the thing of slamming the doors, but like you got to pick your battles. You can't do them all. But turning off the AC, I was like, no, 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 no. I I will end you. 
This is where this is where I draw things. Yeah, this is where I draw the line. And for some people, Kim has uh, she has what is known as sock mountain in her home. She says mm, like it's I just have scaled stock mountain in my day. She says, I'm positive my husband rewears socks from that pile from time to time. And the problem with the socks, many of you have responded, is that there is what our husbands like to call the system. So Gina's husband has a system. Mm. She says he doesn't take off the socks until he climbs in bed and then he leaves them in a pile next to the bed because they're maybe not quite dirty. They're, you know, they're rewearable. He's got a theory. By an imaginary person. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and Samantha's husband does the same thing. He says he puts aside clothes as in, I only put on that sweatshirt for a short time so it doesn't need to be washed, but it's not clean enough to put away. Fire flares up, she says. Fire flares up behind my eyes when I see socks he set aside to finish wearing. The main problem is there is no organization to his rewear piles or memory of what he has so the things don't get reworn. And I'm constantly corralling them into a single space and putting them in the hamper or putting them away. Yeah, I mean, this is, I've got a theory, you know, Mm -hmm. and this is like, listen, they're not quite dirty enough for this. It's like, stop with the theory. And, And this is the other thing that happens in our house. In fact, our last name is Abel's, and I refer to my husband often as alternate plan Abel's because, again, he's got a theory, you know? I'm like, we're all, so this is what we're going to do. We've got the six kids. We've only got certain spaces in the car. I figured it out. If you take two in that car, I can take the other four in this car, okay? Wait, who are the six kids? Is this like with cousins? Uh, like, so the cousins are over. I'm just making up a scenario. We've got extra kids. All right, we've got six kids. They need to go two places. I've worked it out. You take the two here while I take the four there, and then we'll meet up later. And he's like, 100% of the time. Or <laughs> we could take the three kids earlier, and then take the, and I'm like, how about this alternate plan, Abel's? How about we just do the plan that I just said? The other plan that you've come up with is not a bad plan. It's just, Another plan. Like, it's like my husband cannot relax until there's been an alternate plan created. It reminds me of the old, like, sitcom writing rule. They always try to rewrite scenes. When the, if a joke doesn't work in front of the audience, they have to rewrite it. But there is always a line. Is it better or is it just different? That's my whole life. Is that plan yeah. better or is it just <laughs> different? And the answer is hard to say. I'm going to go with just different. But there is something in my husband that loves an alternate plan. On the other hand, we could say, are these things that we do differently from our spouses? Are they better or just different? And they're better in our case. These are actually. Oh, no. For uh, our plans are better. Their plans are different. Of course. hundred percent. I'm glad we clarified that. That's an important point. I will say, Samantha, that my teenager has an alternate rule with the laundry that is also bothersome, which is if you wear it for 10 seconds, it automatically goes in the hamper. All of my children have that rule. Like, basically, right? if you think about wearing it, if you hold it up and consider wearing it, it is dirty. Right. Then it just goes in the hamper. I'm like, that doesn't really work either. It's the the it's the eight-part process of you wore that for 10 minutes, and now you're going to fold it and put it away. That seems to be beyond anybody who cares what the house looks like. Again, flashback to two of my mom's biggest phrases. Don't break that we haven't even paid for it yet, which I still am not exactly sure what it means, but I think I think it's like it was put on a credit card. Like, we haven't even finished making the payments. Don't break it yet. And then the other one is, this, these clothes are not not dirty. Like, my mom just screaming, these clothes are not dirty. It just... And now, here I am, being like, how can that be broken already? We've barely gotten it home from the store. Or... 
These clothes are not dirty. Well, you're getting what you deserve. It's come back. <laughs> come home to roost. Yes, it, it has. It has. It's come home to roost. Can I give you one that, um, just to turn the tables, just because we have to, you know, sometimes acknowledge there might be another point of view. No, we don't. That's not what this episode is about. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> you're right. All right, forget it. Forget I said anything. No, Jennifer's Jennifer's spouse gets really, really mad at her about something, and she wants to know if. Okay, what is it? So Jennifer says her husband gets super offended if she doesn't say "bless you" when he sneezes, but he sneezes (laughs) all the time, and when he sneezes, it's extremely loud, and it's four to six sneezes in a row. And she thinks that she should be able to wait until she is sure that he is done and say, bless you once. So, wow, this is a sticky wicket. If it came before me in divorce court, what would I say? Who's in the right here? Wait, so he's not asserting that if he sneezes six times, she has to say it six times. I think he is. That's my understanding. It's like he gets super offended, but he sneezes all the time and only in these extremely loud series. And I have to wait to see if he's done before I can say bless you. And he doesn't. He wants her to... um, to say bless you every time. <laughs> I feel that the solution is to come up with some sort of hand signal that means bless you. And then she could just throw it at him whenever he's sneezing. And then she doesn't have to wait till he's done. You could just wave your hands in the air the whole time he's sneezing until he's... And they could just bypass the whole argument. Well, you had on one of the marriage episodes, this whole idea that like someone came up with, who was it, Amy, with the number system? Like, this is like a four to me. This is like a two. Oh, it was Nick North. Nick North. And it's like. Who's epic danger on Instagram. He decided that he and his wife were going to start talking to each other by being like, I need you to take out the trash. And it's like a nine on a scale of one to 10 important to me. And like, I think we should do a Mickey Mouse theme for the birthday party. But it's like a two. Like, I could be persuaded. And I think of that all the time. First of all, because it's so bonkers. I mean, it's just such a funny way to think about it. I get the idea behind it but it's like it just it's just very tweet tweet like I think about my grandmother being like well your grandfather and I only communicate by being like it's a two to me darling like my you know they were just basically like get out of my face I'll make the roast you go to work like we'll yeah. never speak again you know but yeah this bless you thing we got to figure out like where it is on the scale like I is this like a 10 to him because that's really weird I think it's acceptable to want one for the first bless you and then one again at the end. I think there's a beginning bless you and an end bless you and there doesn't have to be one to one um a correlation. What do you think? This is definitely is years of marriage too. Like it's like year one, you're like, Oh, sweetie, bless you. And like year ten, you're just like, please don't die. You know? I mean, when you're sne- please don't sneeze yourself to death. You know, like it's just uh, it's the kind of thing where, like, I, I would be interested to know how long they've been married because I just think by year ten you're going to sit him down and be like, "The bless you thing, it's not happening anymore." <laughs> right. Good luck. Right. Hope you don't die. Hope you don't sneeze yourself. Just to death. it's bless you understood. Just assume that I'm sending you well wishes every time you sneeze. Uh, Truman Show, probably an oldie Lux alert. Back in my day, Jim Carrey's like, "Good morning, good evening, and in case I don't see you, good night." It's yes. Like, Bless you, bless you, and in case I never say it again, bless you forever. That's a good idea. Let's just put a bless you in the bank because I'm done. Like a preemptive one. Yeah, I mean we're team we're team wife on that one. Shocker. Um, what about the water glasses? I want to give a little a little time at the end here to the kitchen um, crimes. Yeah, again, I'm going to be guilty of all of these crimes. I'm the guilty one. Uh oh, Stacy's husband. Stacy's husband gets yes, out 12 water glasses every day. Dude, there's probably a glass on the counter, the nightstand, the coffee table. You can reuse no, water glasses. My husband spends his life trailing after me and picking up water glasses. 
Yeah. It, <laughs> I mean, this is definitely a crime I commit. And it's very annoying, I'm sure. But that's me. Leilani's husband doesn't rinse his peanut butter spoon. He just leaves it on the counter. That's pretty bad. Yeah. Leilani, we're, we're with you. That's terrible. My, my husband makes oatmeal and then leaves the pot like... Well, he used to. He used to leave it on the stove until I pulled a Nick North. Like, this is like 80 out of 10 to me that you not leave this for me to clean up because it's like just a big like glue, glue stuck to the pot. Okay, but Amy, this is the thing because here's Cammy, who's my yep. cousin. Her pet peeve is that her husband unloads the dishwasher with the dirty dishes and reloads it in a better manner, mm. a more organized and efficient manner. This is our family. Like our the wives are the crazy people in our family. And we're both married. This my husband would do this too. Like he's like I like that you tried, but I know the better way to load the dishwasher. Uh, my husband will load the dishwasher and then not actually put the dishwashing detergent in and turn it on, which like you get a zero. <laughs> no, that's a zero. That's a fail. That's a D minus. Yeah. Like if like the next day it's lunchtime and you have dirty dishes and like, oh, we have a, a dishwasher full of dirty dishes. That's a zero. Because you didn't put so... That's a zero. I just love picturing you. Again, it's like, I love picturing you on your wedding day being like, I will love you and cherish you forever. And now you're like, that's a zero. You get zero for that. A zero. How about the um, the soakers? We've talked about that before. The idea that um, our quartet says soaking is this idea of doing dishes. So I did get my husband to not actually just leave the oatmeal pop. And now he leaves it to, to soak. He soaks it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a step. That's a step. That's kind of considerate. <laughs> we have a, a running joke from when we were kids in our family that whoever, we were like the egg pot when we had like scrambled eggs, you know, so it's got the dried eggs on it. We'd be like, that's the egg pot. Let it soak. And then everything in the house is like, ah, let it soak. Like, it's just like, if it's got food on it, you should probably just let it let soak. Let it soak for two, three, four days. Let it soak until the magical elves come and put it away. We've covered a lot of bad ones, but I, I might've saved what I think is the crimiest of, of husband crimes for last you went and saved the best <laughs> yes. for last yes i did all right lay it on me it better be good though dixie's spouse yes instead of opening the bread bag via the twist tie oh pokes a hole through what? the bag to pull the bread out I yeah. mean, this marriage cannot be saved nope. Dixie. get yourself a good lawyer what kind of monster she says my husband is clearly a psychopath <laughs> yes. He's definitely a psychopath. Yeah. We will be listening to a true crime podcast starring Dixie very soon. I mean, she's married to a monster. I'm going to choose gratitude that, uh, you know, I have my positives and negatives and so does my spouse, but he doesn't punch holes in the bread bag to pull the bread out. Yeah. I mean, basically, <laughs> whatever other crimes we've come to, Dixie, you're the winner. Yeah. What? I mean, I don't even have words for you. Run for your life yep. and get out of there. And these are the kind of things, guys, I think we should start a premarital counseling service arm of the What Fresh Hell podcast that is like, that just asks really useful questions, you know? Like I went to premarital counseling and they were like, do yeah, you understand too. finances and how they work? And like, how, do you, how are you going to deal with your in-laws? Like, fine. But someone needs to be sitting down and being like, Open this bread bag for me right now before this goes right. any further. Because someone could have saved Dixie. But unfortunately, she was less. You've made oatmeal. Right. You have a pot. You've made. Here's a question. How many water glasses do you use a day on an average day? Yes. Here's your husband sneezes. 
very loudly, 46 times in a row. How many times do you say God bless you? It's unacceptable. Guys, we usually end the show by saying we've solved it, but there's no solution here. You've got to make your own choices and do what you think. I think a lot of you are in terrible marriages, frankly. (laughs) I think I might be in a terrible marriage. I know my husband is in a terrible marriage, but we just are going to wish you the best and say, you know, no one's going to blame you no matter what happens, no matter what you choose. I would say you get one I don't care if this seems irrational, you know, and it's, and for me, it was socks. And I'm going to say, Dixie, maybe you can say, like, I am out this door if you don't stop putting holes in the bread bag. That's it. That's it. I think you get the red card. And what we have to decide is, like, what's our red card? For me, the air conditioning was like, listen, never again. Hashtag never again. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, come back to our I was I'm going to say come to our Facebook page and tell me about the husband crimes. But I don't know if our server can handle it, Amy. Right, exactly. We've broken Facebook. But we are at facebook.com forward slash what fresh hell cast. We're also on Instagram at what fresh hell cast. And we're on Twitter at WFH podcast. And we usually have research. There was no research today. You guys brought the research. No, the research was just getting a bat out and bashing these crazy spouses. Crowdsourced by all of the wonderful, wonderful husbands and wives that make up the listeners of the What Fresh Hell podcast. You are doing the right thing. But for those of you who do like research and checking out the research on our other episodes, you can come to whatfreshhellpodcast.com. Always. And uh, until next time, guys, bless you. That's what I'm going to say. Bless you. (laughs) Watch out for the shoes on the floor. (laughs) Everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact impended. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talked to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking it.